It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. I'm going to have to look behind me to make sure <laughs> there's no penguin. No penguin. No penguin. Welcome in Sports by the Book. On a President's Day Monday, I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Actually, good to do multiple shows in a row with Alex that are during the week now, too. It's good. I'm yeah. Ha- I'm happy. It's nice, I'm happy. right? It's, it's very depressing on the Thursdays <laughs> when it's usually Sean who is the one who insists on putting the empty desk up. It just makes me sad. I don't have, a, I don't have my co-host. And I'm happy you're here. I'm happy I'm working on a Monday here. I know. It's uh, your day off. Thanks for coming in for well, us. Uh, I'm not. Uh, Matt, Matt Nevert will be taking my usual day on on Wednesdays. So, okay. So uh, a little bit of a flipper this week. Uh, this has been a very interesting day. Uh, Daytona's underway uh, as well. Who was winning Who was winning going to the break? Was it uh, Logano leading to the break? I think it was Logano leading yes. to the commercial break. Joey Logano, Justin Haley, uh, Todd Gilliland. If I mispronounced the name, I apologize. Uh, all of all of your great NASCAR talk now on this very channel comes from Gone Racing. 10 a.m. Thursday mornings. Yep. Uh, Jeff Motley and Brendan Gone will take you through the upcoming race in NASCAR that weekend. That's where you want all your NASCAR talk. I can tell you that right now. There's no better show for if you're wanting to bet NASCAR than Gone Racing. Back home where it belongs here at the South Point every Thursday at 10 a.m. Well, and you were just telling me, I didn't realize um, what a career he had. And Yeah, Brendan, look, Brendan. Uh, his top finishes. Brendan with eight career NASCAR Cup, top 10 finishes, eight of them in his career, a top 10 in his final time in Daytona in 2020 before the world shut down. Uh, but no, yeah, look, Brendan, uh, look, Brendan's quite the athlete. Brendan was teammates with Allen Iverson at Georgetown. For college basketball. See, I, I I knew I would get you on that. Alex. You definitely yeah. got yeah, no, me on that. Looked, he was, yeah, he was he was teammates uh, with uh, with Iverson at Georgetown. So very I cool. Didn't, I didn't even have to look that one up. I actually knew that one offhand. There's a good picture of Brendan with Allen Iverson. Uh, I I don't know if he has the court. If he had the cornrows, that'd be pretty amazing. But no, there's a bit. I've, I think I've seen it uh, with the uh, former. Uh, tenant of this studio we had that picture in the past we're gonna have to find it in. yes we're gonna have to find it you're gonna have to sneak it into gone racing on thursday <laughs> totally catch everyone off guard like i just caught alex off guard uh with that but uh hey uh, let's uh get into it I- i'll just ask you this before we get into this a uh, very small college basketball card tonight there's also hockey tonight as well which hockey andy, all day hockey all day great. there are two games left on the card andy mcneil of uh, one of the most respected hockey handicappers in the industry will be with us in about 15 minutes. Now hosting the puck portfolio uh, up there north of the border, Canada sports betting as well, uh, where you can find Andy's work. We'll get him in about 10 minutes. Alex, I just have to ask you this before we get into everything. How was there a game with 17 goals today in a 10-7 final in St. Paul with the wild beating the Canucks 10-7? You know, and I'm excited to uh, talk to Andy about this because the Wild are right now on the outside looking into the playoffs, but they're a sneaky team. So if they get into that wild card spot, the West has to be careful for them. But yeah, um, just seven goals for them in, in that the third, third period. period. <laughs> it was 5-3. We were in here actually watching it. They scored five goals in the first five minutes in the third period, and then those two just went back and forth. 17 goals. It's it's unbelievable. I hope nobody had the under in the Grand Salami because uh, that would really throw you off there. Well, you know, it's not been a good day, even if you had that in a normal circumstance, uh, just with the way seven, six, the low yep. scoring game is uh, right now going, which is VGK up four, nothing on the sharks. And I, 
I, I feel pretty confident in saying that game's not landing four. Yeah. So uh, it has been a high-scoring game across uh, the NHL. By the way, yes. as always, uh, praising my very smart co-host to my right. All over the over yesterday in the outdoor game. Good in the second period yesterday. Pretty awful collapse if you had the island. But you said you had the Rangers in, ga- in, in game. I did. You know, I got nervous because I, I jumped on the Rangers. It was 3-1, and then the Islanders went up 4-1. So very impressive comeback for the Rangers there in that overtime win. But yeah, the scoring right off the top, we had two goals within the uh, first five minutes, I believe. But really strong start for the Islanders, and but not a great finish there. Rangers are sneaky good as well. I don't think it's sneaky. I think no. they are. Yeah, they're, they're number one seed in the, in the Eastern Conference right now. Yes, I know the NHL does that ridiculous pod system, but they have the best record, most points in the Eastern Conference right now. I can it being a, a a person from the tri-state area who rooted for the Devils growing up. My dad's an Islanders fan. It pains me to say anything positive about the Blue Shirts, but to me, they are the best team in the NHL at the moment. Uh, again, uh, looking right now, 9-1, to 10-1. to one. See, I, I, I might even have problems reading there. You know 10 what, to though? 10-1 here at the South Point to win the Cup. Now. What worries me, Jeff, is those Panthers, and we haven't really talked about them all year long, and it's just like last year, right? They're just getting hot at the right time. And they've been pretty consistent this year as opposed to last year where they barely got into the playoffs, had to um, win that game. Pittsburgh lost, which got them into the playoffs there. But they just um, won 9-2 over Tampa Bay, kind of proving to everybody that they are uh, still there in the Eastern Conference as well. So we'll see. It should be it should be interesting. That Eastern Conference always kind of um, those big dogs take each other out there. So we'll see. We'll we'll get more insight from Andy as well. Anything on these two late games, Ottawa, Tampa? So I am on Tampa Bay in this one. I just, I mean, Ottawa, they're second to last in the Eastern Conference in points. Um, and Tampa Bay, I just said it, lost 9-2. to two. So embarrassing loss for them, which was at home to the Panthers. I think they're going to have a great comeback spot here. Nothing for me in Chicago, Carolina. If you got six, got under that, I like that, but... Mostly only five and a halfs out there now. And I'm not touching either of these ones. Again, you get a, a nice price on the Blackhawks if you uh you have uh, some fortitude there. I don't hey. know I don't know if that's fortitude or stupidity if you would take the big price with the Blackhawks tonight. They are coming off a win off of Ottawa. Um so maybe I mean they do have Connor McBar Connor Bedard back and since um you know, he was the whole talk at the beginning of the season. He was keeping them in games, and then after his injury, it was all downhill. But he's been back for a few games now, and they're looking a little better, but still a little risky there. So, uh, especially with the way the Canes are playing. I mean, they uh, had a huge third-period comeback against the Golden Knights the other night here in Vegas as well. So, Carolina playing very—I mean, yeah, Carolina playing very good. Real quick— yeah, I just I just want to bring this up. We'll get our college hoops thoughts a little bit later because, again, only four games that are not on the extra board today, which holiday, I don't know why there's only four games that aren't on the extra board. I know it was a bigger women's college basketball day uh, today, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, by the way, the only game underway right now, Colgate closed nine at Lafayette. That probably should have been bigger favorites, the Raiders on the road against the Leopards of Lafayette. Uh, but looking at uh, these games, we'll, we'll get our full thoughts a little bit later. Right now, Houston, eight and a half point favorites, but a total of 132 against Iowa State. That's the primo game. The battle of the state of, of the Commonwealth of Virginia. I have to get that right. 
Virginia Tech three-point favorites against Virginia, who, by the way, we didn't mention this on Sunday. The fact that Virginia did not cover any numbers on Sunday was absolutely and utterly gross. They won one of 11 from the free throw line. And yes, one by they did. Two. Just disgusting <laughs> if you had Virginia laying any sort of points uh, on, uh, on su- Saturday against Wake Forest in a game where neither team reached 50, which if it were me, I would say you got to play till 50. Someone's got to score 50 in order to win a college basketball game at this point. Uh, and Texas is a pretty large favorite tonight uh, against K-State, nine-point favorites in Austin. We'll get to that later because our good friend Jeff Fogle, you were telling me before, uh, has an angle that you agree with on this game that we'll get to uh, a little bit later in the show. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take an early break because I'm going to get our guy Andy McNeil with us in a few moments here after one break. Uh, again, the the host of the Puck Portfolio, one of the best hockey handicappers out there. See if he has any thoughts tonight. Big slate tomorrow as well. So we'll get some thoughts on the game tomorrow. And also just macro thoughts on, on this NHL season with exactly two months to go in the regular season. That's next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. The perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yeah. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the clock. I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Barles, Alex White, alongside. You know, this is the this is the biggest tell there is. Obviously, a guest coming on <laughs> once I put on the uh, the big old headphones here on the desk. Joining us right now, you can find him on the tweets at Digital Gambler. You can find his work. He's the host of the Puck Portfolio. He's one of the sharpest hockey guys there is in the business. Andy McNeil with us right now. Andy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jeff. Good to uh, good to see you again. And uh, I switched up. I had the Bruins hat on, uh, but I switched it up when I heard Alex teeing up her her pick on the Lightning. Wanted to bring the good vibes. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Again, uh, tonight, uh, Tampa right now a minus one sixty five favorite behind us. That just got hit uh, to the Lightning behind us. Uh, see, now you're moving lines, Alex. Look at you. Very good. <laughs> um, the, uh, I hope they win, a- Andy. I know uh, we were talking beforehand. Uh, not much for you on on these remaining two games on what has been a, a large President's Day card in the NHL, but we can always look to tomorrow uh, because it's a normal Tuesday, uh, about half the league in play tomorrow, and Vancouver coming off of uh, quite the third period today in, in St. Paul uh, heads to Denver to take on the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night. I kind of like it. I mean, look, I was ready to, the, my my strategy was to find out who was going to start this game against Minnesota. It ended up being Casey DeSmith. That leads uh, Thatcher Demko, who is, you know, in the running for the Vesna Trophy this year. Miles shoulders ahead of DeSmith in terms of uh, his abilities, although DeSmith isn't a, a bad backup, and I thought he was uh, hung out to dry today uh, on quite a few of those goals, but um, was waiting for that 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 to come down, and, and when it was announced, I, I locked in the, the Vancouver Canucks at plus 125 or better. Shop around, you might find uh, something uh, a little more attractive out there, but this Avalanche team, this isn't the 2022 Avalanche that you know won the Stanley Cup. Alexander Georgiev is a, a very mid-goaltender. Um, over the last, you know, basically over the last month since January 1st, this, this Avalanche team, uh, even beyond that, they've been, you know, they've been winning games and, and whatnot, but they've been uh, looking pretty pretty poor doing it, and, and they ranked 21st over the last month in expected goals according to Evolving Hockey. Um, they're giving up as many right now as they're scoring. Now they're great on offense right now, but they're also giving up about 3.7 goals per 60 minutes on the 3.8 goals per 60 that they're scoring. So uh, the margins are pretty thin. We know this Vancouver team can score. Uh, and, you know, I guess they're going to be uh, a little extra motivated after blowing that big lead and, and losing in, in pretty embarrassing fashion the way they did. I like it. Let's stay right here in the Western Conference because I was just talking about the Minnesota Wild. They're on the outside looking in if the playoffs were to start right now. Kings and Blues would be in the wild card spot. Is there anybody in that Western Conference who you think can make a run here and make it into the playoffs that we might be able to uh, grab some future prices at a, a value here? So I did a pretty poor job on kind of pegging the Nashville Predators as a team that was on the up and up uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, as a team that could squeeze in there. Obviously, they're still in the fight, but um, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on their their trip to Vegas, which was canceled recently. Apparently, they're they're gonna they're gonna be playing the Vegas Golden Knights here coming up, and uh, there was a few days in between. Apparently, they were planning a trip where the players were gonna take the staff out. They were gonna see U two before U 2s uh, show finished up at the Sphere. I guess it's it's finishing up mm-hmm. uh, at the start of March here. So um, they were going to do that, but they played so poorly uh, earlier in the week. And then even though they beat the St. Louis Blues, I guess they had a tough practice that the coach wasn't very happy with. And um, he canceled the, the, the vacation. So <laughs> they, they may, maybe turn it, will turn it around. But, um, you know, they're a team that has a really easy schedule. If you look at their, their opponents down the stretch, um, I think they, they still have a chance here. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the Blues, they, they didn't win today, but they keep finding ways to, to pull off upsets, and they're right in the thick of things. But uh, the Preds um, have some pretty important games coming up here. So if they can get through this next little stretch here with some wins, I think uh, I think they could be a team that, that squeezes in. But you kind of need UC Saros to get back to his old self as well. 
it's pretty brutal. I have the whole trip lined up, and even after a win, nope, n- you're not going. And uh, yeah, you two's uh, done uh, the first weekend of March. So that seems like it was quick. Cool. Look, I'd go, I'd go see you two in the Sphere, but I also think you two is probably one of the most overrated bands ever. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. Actually. <laughs> I'm actually going to agree with that. Uh, you know, it's uh, well that. I will say when dead and company goes to the sphere uh, in, in, in a few months, that would be an experience, even though I'm not a big dead, dead and company guy. That seems like something that would be pretty awesome to witness. Absolutely. Andy, just, uh, just keeping it uh, in the West. I, I just want to look at that Pacific division real quick, because even today, notwithstanding Vancouver still is the most points in the Western conference, obviously, uh, you ended up with uh, it ended up with a great start for VGK. They've cooled off. They're winning right now. Obviously, they dealt with a whole bunch of injuries. Uh, if you're just looking at that pod, you see Edmonton sitting there, somehow six games in hand on Vancouver, which is pretty wild at this stage of the season. Is this still Edmonton's pod to lose in the Pacific, or if they get in the heads-up series like we've seen in the past with the Vegas Golden Knights, who just seem to have their number in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, as far as just the Pacific Division, the race is concerned, uh, I think it's Vancouver's to to win here. They are going to win the President's Trophy, most likely. I've got them with a, about a 50-50 shot right now to, to finish with the most points. Florida is, is next behind them. Um, but Edmonton, I mean, if we're just, I think, talking about power ratings, yeah, Edmonton's the top team in the Pacific Division right now. Vegas still, you know, could come on here towards the end of the season. Obviously, they're injured. Um, L.A., a team that has been struggling really mightily up until recently, uh, I think is, you know, somewhere in the middle of how good they looked earlier in the season and how bad they've looked lately. But um, probably on the the higher end of that, they are still a good team. I don't think I have a lot of confidence in their goaltending. But, I mean, you've got four really good teams here. So, you know, it's going to be a competitive uh, competitive run towards the playoffs. And I, I But I think Vancouver has such a big lead. I mean, they've got 10 points. Uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights, and even more than that, uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, like I said, they've got a, about a 50% chance of winning the President's Trophy. And I think if it comes down to it in the playoffs again, and uh, Edmonton and Vegas are matched up, the, the Aiden Hill factor uh, is a big one. He's been playing unbelievable this season. Uh, and well, I guess we'll have to see if, if Stuart Skinner is the real deal or not, because we saw, as, uh, as it was the case last season, he was pretty good in the regular season. Uh, and then kind of faltered in that series versus versus Vegas. So uh, if he can if he can do it in the playoffs, maybe the others will will have a chance this time around. But I, I do think on neutral ice, I would make Edmonton a, a favorite against Vegas right now. I'd have to agree with that for sure. Let's go ahead and look at the Eastern Conference. It feels like there's six teams that we just are very used to being in the postseason at this point with Florida, Boston, Toronto, the Rangers, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Of course, you can't forget them, but it's just a matter of who can make it out of that first round and really make a run there. Who do you see um, doing that this year from the Eastern Conference? I mean, it's tough. I look at the Florida Panthers, and I don't want this to, you know, this is probably going to come off as like a little bit of hindsight bias because they, they went so far in the playoffs uh, last year. And anybody that, that followed me in the playoffs knows I was a big on Boston in the first round, and we almost had it, but uh, but didn't get it. Uh, the Florida Panthers look like the real deal, though. I think, you know, they're as good as anybody. They're as talented as anybody. They're as committed to defense uh, as, you know, more than anybody else in the league, and and they've got that that physical edge to their game too. So I think they're the class 
of the Eastern Conference. I know they're around a pick'em price, maybe around even money to win the Atlantic Division right now. I've been kind of touting them for a while, um, back when they were around three to one, because. The Boston Bruins have a really tough remaining schedule. We saw them just squeak out a win versus the Dallas Stars today. They lost in overtime uh, versus the LA Kings over the weekend. Um, I think the Bruins are, are kind of in trouble. Not really because they've got two great goaltenders and that can take them uh, far. But, I mean, they're, they're, on paper, this team isn't as deep as they've, they've been playing over their heads, in, in my opinion. I think that um, there's... there's uh, uh, time for them to come down to earth, and it's probably now. So uh, I don't look at the Bruins the same way as I look at the, the Florida Panthers and the Maple Leafs. Their defense really scares me a lot. I think they're the most average or below average defensive team of the, the Eastern Conference playoff teams. Um, and then there's, you know, teams like the Devils and Penguins that are probably a little bit uh, average on defense as well. But a lot of parity, um, and really nothing would surprise me, but I think the Panthers are the, the class of the East once again this season. Andy McNeil with us right now. Uh, Andy, just uh, you mentioned the Panthers. I I'm high on the Rangers. My big question mark with them is it comes down to which version of Igor Shesterkin are we going to get? Are we going to be able to see in the postseason get what he was in a regular season a year ago? Or are we going to get what he has been this year, which is about an average starting goaltender uh, so far this year? Uh, if you're looking at that Metro pod, Carolina, of course, very talented. Same sort of deal as it's been these last three years with them. Devils loaded with talent would actually still be out of the playoffs as of today. And Philadelphia, I don't fully buy, even though they've had a pretty good season. This feels like a pretty good path for the Rangers, at least to make the Eastern Conference Finals and then take your chances against Florida or Boston or whoever comes out of that Atlantic pot. Yeah, the Rangers, I mean, they've been they've been kind of streaky here. And like you said, Shesterkin um, hasn't been as up to the task as he's been in past seasons. I, I talked about Alex Georgiev being a, a, a pretty mid-goaltender. Well, uh, he was, you know, he, he used to be Shesterkin's partner. They didn't really like each other. Um, and, uh, according to, according to reports anyway, and, uh, and he's been performing about as good as Jorviev this season. So yeah, he's been pretty average and that's a big problem for the Rangers and something that I think, uh, should have Rangers fans concerned. They've got a pretty deep team, but I, I also think that the, there's some holes there. They, they've graded pretty poorly in terms of, you know, chances off the rush and things like that. So uh, I guess in a lot of ways, they've kind of been hanging out their goalies to dry in some instances. And uh, maybe Shesterkin isn't as to blame as, as people might think, but um, there's there's still a bit of runway here for them to clean that up in heading into the playoffs. And we've seen the teams do that in the past. Uh, earlier in the season, I thought a lot more of the Rangers than I do now. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how they finish this stretch here. Looking at tomorrow's slate again, a lot of teams are playing on back-to-back. -back. A lot of them had games today. Is there anything else that you were uh, looking at early on here? Um, you know what? Not really. I mean, Vancouver was the only one that stuck out. I think I had a bit of an edge on the LA Kings. I know they're not one of the back-to-back -back games, but um, no, not really uh, at, at this point. I mean, we'll have a lot more markets tomorrow to, to look at, but just at these early early opening numbers here, uh, I'll admit I was kind of close to betting on the Senators. Thankfully, didn't get there uh, for myself. So um, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, kicking my ass for even not, you know, for not taking the day off like a normal person because uh, I had the, the Jets. I don't know what the, the final verdict is on either of these games. I'm not watching at the moment, but I had the Jets. They were up 3-1. They were losing 4-3 when I came to do the show. And I had the Seattle Kraken who went into the third with a 3-2 lead, or the Detroit Red Wings, sorry, 
went into the third period with a 3-2 lead, and, and they were tied up 3-3 last I looked. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy with the Canucks right now. <laughs> I was leaning towards the Red Wings today, too, but well, I stayed off of that. Well, I have good news for you, Andy. Uh, Detroit, 10 seconds into overtime with a winner. So there we pretty go. quickly, 4-3, oh, uh, four, four, uh, Red Wings win it in the Pacific Northwest against the Kraken in a game that legitimately ended as uh, as we were talking wow. here uh, on the show. Again, he's Andy McNeil on the tweets at Digital Gambler. You can get his work uh, over at the Puck Portfolio, uh, canadasportsbetting.ca slash puck dash portfolio uh dash podcast as well uh <laughs> hey just give it just give it a whole mouthful just there and just, sports uh, YouTube channel. yeah the easiest uh, easy, yeah, the, the, the easiest way is for what andy just said on uh canada sports betting's youtube channel uh daily as well and, and andy also you're uh you're uh going uh going with some more in-game action as well this year as well uh, a little bit. No, I mean, I've mostly been sticking to the openers, really. I, I thought, you know, for myself, um, I'm trying to originate numbers and, and get out the projections as uh, as quickly as possible. Um, I like to look ahead. Most days I, I, I spend time, so on Monday show, I'll look ahead to Tuesday's uh, NHL games and kind of get my opinion out there because it's, it's really frustrating to have good projections and then watch the lines move and everything like that every day. So uh, I try to be first to market each and every morning, and, uh, and it's been a pretty good season so far. I know things were kind of kind of souring on me last year, trying to beat, uh, trying to beat all these, these sharp money lines. But, uh, but you know, going earlier, I think it's the best thing that people can do. They can you know, get some really good numbers if you bet early, even the day before games. Uh, and one of the things that I always look for is in these back-to-back situations – you have uh, some sports books that choose not to put the lines up, like the Pinnacle Sports, etc. And then you have some of the retail sports books that do choose to put the lines up. So you can get uh, a good number on a team that's playing the second half of a back-to-back and have a little more confidence in your goaltending projection and all that because you know who's going to start the first game. So um, there's definitely some some good opportunities the day before, and that's what I've been uh, been doing all season long. Again, the, the puck portfolio on YouTube for Andy's show. Andy, it's a pleasure to catch up with you, man. We'll do it again soon. For sure. Thanks for having me. Andy McNeil, everyone. Uh, Always love chatting with uh, some hockey with him here on a President's Day. About two months to go in the regular season. All right, we'll take a break. When we get back, we have college hoops to get to, Alex. Uh, A big one in Houston tonight. A revenge spot for the Cougars. Is the line too big, though, for Alex to lay it? We'll discuss it next. Sports by the book. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. 
Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Miles. Alex White is here as well. Happy to be with you as always. President's Day. A lot of hockey going on. You're sweating the Oilers right now. I am, but I'm happy to see that they took the lead here. 5-3 yeah, there at the, uh, the Student Events Center on the campus of Arizona State uh, against the Coyotes here. Uh, trying to hold on, and now one Knights are up four nothing on San Jose. Really, uh, honestly, actually, San Jose is out shooting the Golden Knights in this game, but uh, cannot uh, cannot get one across today. Uh, and the Sharks, we talked about. Remember, we talked about the Sharks back in the fall. It was one of the worst starts in NHL history, and they've just turned out to be a normal bad team. Yeah, which uh, which is. Uh, Honestly, quite the accomplishment for where they started the season. Where they're just getting out scout score. I mean, they were losing games by seven, eight goals early in the season. They're not thirty-two on my power reading now. So Who, who's last? Ryan McCormick's team. Oh, you could say it. You could say he's not here, right? He's not even here. The Chicago Blackhawks, of course, who uh, who actually do have the least amount of points in the NHL. San Jose hopped them uh, last week. Wow, and I. I did tell uh, Frank that because they had a little head-to-head -head bet and he thought it was fair just to go straight up Penguins versus Blackhawks. And, well, it ended up being know. the puck and a half and it didn't matter. No, it didn't. And that's why we had Ryan McCormick dressed up as a penguin <laughs> earlier today. Which, you know, Thanks honest, to Jerry. That was Jerry. So. Did, you, did you buy the... Uh, did you buy the... Very nice. <laughs> see, see, Jerry's all over it. Jerry's always all over it. Uh, and also, we're allowed to say Pittsburgh on this show. Not on that show, but we are on this show. Correct. Uh, it, it is very much uh, allowed. All right, let's go to some college hoops here. Go in chronological order in the, uh, the non-extra games. There are only four non-extra games today on a President's Day. A little surprised at that light of a card. Would have expected the Big 12 to uh, really load up on, on these games more so than the two that they have. We'll start with Virginia and Virginia Tech. It's three behind us. Rest of the market's at two and or at three and a half with Vodtech laying it at home. This was as high as four behind us at the South Point. So it's come back down the ladder. It looks like it's going back up the ladder here in the last half hour before this game starts. Totals 127. Virginia, as we know, inept on offense, great on defense. Uh, we saw that game on Saturday. They won 49 to 47. It was not even as good as that. Showed. And the ridiculous part about that game, there was 20 points in the first five minutes of the game. Right. And then the rest of the way, we didn't even we barely crack 90 between the two teams. Uh, Vodtech is on the wrong side of the bubble. They really need to get every win against a reasonable opponent they have left to at least give themselves a shot with multiple wins in the ACC tournament. 
the problem for them after today, it's Pitt and Wake Forest are the only two. Well, I guess at Syracuse isn't a bad one, but they end the season with Louisville and Notre Dame were both uh, not good, Alex. I don't, I don't have anything here. Did you, uh, did you hop in on the Commonwealth of Virginia Bowl? I did. I took the points here with Virginia. I'm okay. not really buying this Virginia Tech team. I mean, they're one in four straight up NATS in their last five games. And I just think Virginia's the all-around better team. I mean, we, we know they're really good on defense, eighth adjusted defense efficiency. And then in the last five games, Jeff, I know you talked about their um, lack of offensibility, but they've shot a lot better. I mean, against Wake, they were only 41%. But the two games before that, they were 50% from the field. Um 48% against Miami. So I think that they can um, definitely keep this close. They did win the first one, so they do have that little bit of revenge factor for Virginia Tech. But I just think this number is is too um, too big. I don't think Virginia Tech should be a three-point favorite here. So I grabbed the points. I am, like I said, I'm, I don't like either. I really don't like Virginia, even though they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, I thought they would be better, personally. That's part of the reason uh, that I uh, am staying out of this one here tonight. Uh, you have anything on Ch College of Charleston hosting William & Mary tonight? Uh, big favorites, the Cougars at home, 16 and a half. Uh, again, one of the bottom dwellers of the CAA, William & Mary, who has been, been a rough go for uh, the, the tribe over the last few years. They're currently next to last in the conference, only Hampton, who is one of the worst teams in college basketball so far this year. Uh, worse than them. Charleston right now with a win tonight would be in sole possession of first place in the CAA with Drexel and UNC Wilmington right behind them. Yeah, nothing for me here. I know that number is big, but I think it is uh, pretty close to where it should be. College of Charleston 10-3 and three in their last 13, and then William & Mary complete opposite. They've won three of their last 13 games, so not uh, grabbing the points with this dog, even though it's a big number. The conference tournament will be in Washington, D.C. That is a fascinating smaller conference because the whole, its top six is so stacked together where Charleston 10 and 3 today, going into today in conference, if they, they should win as a big favorite, be 11 and 4. Wilmington and, and Drexel 10 and 4. The Blue Hens of Delaware with Towson and Hofstra both at 9 and 5. Uh, very jam packed. That will be a, when conference tournament play comes around, that'll be a very interesting futures market to see who will be priced where going into that conference tournament. I personally like the Dragons of Drexel. Yeah. Them and UNC Wilmington uh, would be the ones that I would look at. Of course, naturally, they probably will play each other in a 2v3 <laughs> uh, if that were to come through. All right, let's uh, keep going here. Let's go to Texas and Kansas State. We'll save the big one for last. Okay. Texas is nine in this one against K-State. Uh, total 140 and a half behind us. I would imagine that will be on the move since the whole market just went to 139 just a few moments ago. You're not looking full game here, Alex White. You're looking first half where Texas is a five-point favorite in that first half against the Wildcats. Correct. So I was looking at Texas here. It's just such a big number to lay, but I do think that they should be about this against this Kansas State team, but I haven't been very high on the Wildcats all year long. But then, as you mentioned, Jeff Fogel sends out his newsletter for the Big 12. Um, he mentioned how good Texas has been in first halves coming off a Big 12 loss, consistently scoring at least 40 points in the first half and mostly covering spread. So I went ahead and I laid the four and a half with Texas for the first half, especially coming off of that tough loss against Houston where uh, 
They gave up 80 points to the Cougars. So, yeah, I like Texas in this one, but I decided just to play that first half just to be safe and avoid that big number at the end of the game. So this is a complicated one for me, where Kansas State on Saturday, you got the better of me in that one, Alex, where TCU beat him at the horn, essentially, with Jameer Nelson Jr.'s just wild shot. And again, Texas Christian really actually controlled the last probably about six minutes before collapsing in the final minute before that game got tied. I, I don't know. I think Kansas State team is pretty average to I me. And, and for Texas, they're pretty average, too. Uh, both of them are five and seven in conference play. Texas gave up 82 to Houston, which you should not be doing, even with how good the Cougars are. They're still not particularly good on offense. Right. I I don't think that Texas should be this big of a favorite against basically anyone in conference play, but Oklahoma State and West Virginia with the game in Austin. Those are the only two teams in that conference that I think Texas should be pushing double digits. With that said, I don't have enough fortitude to take K-State getting a nine for the game. See, and this will be very telling for me because I actually took the 10 points with Texas against Houston. So mm -hmm. we'll see if I adjusted enough here because I did make them 10-point favorite against Kansas State. And if they cover this, then my numbers should be okay. But if they don't, then I still have Texas too high. But to your point, Jeff, I knew when we were opposite on two games naturally we were going to split on saturday which is exactly what we did because you should have been hawaii two, you, you should have been two and oh you should have been two and oh hawaii really dominated that game for 25 minutes and then melted i didn't see it yeah, I just no, saw the you, final were, you were the right side for 25 <laughs> minutes pretty easily uh and then santa barbara actually played well which hasn't happened much this year for the gauchos all right let's go to the big one tonight in college hoops houston at home taking on iowa state we saw this matchup earlier in the year in ames it was a game where, remember, Iowa State got out to a 14-0 lead in that game, and then Houston caught all the way back. Game was tied, nearing the end of regulation, and then Mamo uh, Selvich threw in that ridiculous shot at the, end, at the end of the game. Iowa State got a stop and then made two free throws to win by four in Ames. Again, probably the biggest, second biggest home court advantage in the Big 12, only with Kansas being the bigger one. Houston is eight and a half at home. Totals 132 behind us. That's market high. Uh, this was as high as nine and a half. That's where it opened. Uh, and then went to eight and a half quickly back to nine and a half. And now it's down, gone down the ladder. Alex, what are we doing here with far and away the biggest matchup of the day in college hoops? Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I, I grabbed the points with Iowa State. I took nine. I don't think that they are that far behind Houston. Yes, Houston is a great team, but for them to be a eight-point favorite, that puts them about four points better than Iowa State, and I'm just not buying that. It's going to be a great matchup, two of the best defenses in the country. And Iowa State, I just think their offense has been clicking, and I think that um, they can hang in this one. In the last 10 games, Iowa State's had two where they were shooting below 40%, and Houston had five where they were 40% or lower. 20 of 58, 34.5% against TCU, 25 of 69, 36% against Kansas. They lost that one, 78 to 65. So I really think that um, Iowa State can hang in this one. Maybe they'll go get out to a big start like that. Um, I know it's tough to play in Houston as well, and I do understand that. I just think this is way too many points to be given to the Cyclones. Cyclones, again, if you're looking at Big 12 conference seeding here for the NCAA, for, for the conference tournament, I should say, in Kansas City, if Iowa State wins tonight, 
These two teams are tied at the top, both nine and three. If Iowa State wins tonight, they would be on pace to get just their second one seed ever in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, be quite an accomplishment for them. You look at the way that this conference plays out right now. I mean, you're going to have two Final Four caliber teams if Chalk prevails playing in the semifinals. What a what a tournament that will! That's always a heck of a tournament and a great week in an underratedly great basketball town in Kansas City. Uh, but this year could really be spectacular yes. with Houston, Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas looking all at top four seeds in the conference tournament. Uh, by the way, the quick BYU update, of course, naturally, they're seventh right down okay. in the conference, which would mean the total wash for myself and Jim Root uh, if uh, if that were to happen, which is fully what I expect to happen. By the way, I fully expect BYU to finish seventh in the conference, so no one gets any. You two did kind of say that as well. Interesting, too, for um, the Cougars here because yeah. they have Iowa State and then they have Baylor up next, but, I mean, not till Saturday, so they have some time in between. But their conference schedule is, is getting – Tough here down the stretch. So for Houston, Iowa State tonight, they are, again, pretty significant favorites, all things considered. Yes. Uh, eight and a half. I mean, that's not that's a pretty nice, sizable number. Just shows how strong Houston is power ratings-wise and also that they have a reasonable home court. Uh, on, they're going to be on in Waco. I'm curious to see where that line comes on Saturday. I probably would take Baylor as a, as a small, well, knowing that eh, probably Baylor is a Baylor's the smallest of home underdogs in that game. I'd probably take yeah, Baylor. I think so. Uh, too. In that one, they'll be big favorites against Houston. They'll be they'll be favorites on the road at Oklahoma. They'll be big favorites on the road in Orlando, and they'll be favorite against Kansas. They're favorite of Kansas and Lawrence. They're gonna be favorite of Kansas uh, against uh, in their own building at the Fertitta Center uh, in Houston. Be interesting to see again uh, right now, Alex, as we are heading to the home stretch of college hoops. We talked about it a lot the last two days. I think UConn is still clearly the best team. They're number one in my ratings. Well, after that loss. And after yesterday for yeah. Purdue. I think Purdue is, again, they're still really good. But that was pretty alarming yesterday. It looked like a team that was, looked like the team that they were in the tournaments the last few years where they just didn't show against the team that they were, they are better than Ohio State. We know that. But they didn't show up in that game for no. the most part. Losing outright is an eight-point favorites in Columbus. Well, it, the disappointing Ohio State team, where again, I think Ohio State's got NCAA caliber talent. They just haven't shown it at all this year. You did say that. You said that yesterday. You said this team was was loaded and they were very talented and they really figured a lot out and how to uh, defend. Um, why is it Edie? Yeah. yeah. And um, so Purdue had a ton of turnovers, and if other teams can follow that, I. Does make me a little bit nervous there. Well, I forget who made the point yesterday. I don't remember if it was Jeff Fogel or if it was someone else. Where, where, if you slow it the heck down against Purdue, yesterday was sixty-two possessions, which is slow. Purdue had fourteen turnovers in a sixty-two possession game. That's twenty-two and a half percent. That's a pretty significant number. For turnovers for Purdue. Normally, they're at about 60. Again, they, they do turn the ball over at a higher rate than a lot of these elite teams. They're at about 16.5%, which is 130th in the country. Just barely the top third in the good way right. for turnover percentage. I don't know. It's just one of these where, again, it will be interesting to see how they close. I Again, the spot to go against them is going to be in, a, in Champaign against Illinois. Curious to see where that line comes at first Tuesday of March, uh, just uh, a little two weeks away from now. 
as we uh, go through here in College Hoops. By the way, quick update in Daytona. They're under the lights officially. 66 laps to go. A lot of the leaders in a change. Ryan Blaney was leading at last check. Uh, Keselowski technically in the lead with all the cha- with all the pit stops going on right now. Keselowski was one of the favorites uh, going in. Really, again, Daytona and uh, and Goldstone are our fearless leader over here, who uh, of course uh, has plenty of uh, NASCAR handicapping experience, being around <laughs> our friends Brendan Gunn and Jeff Modley through the years. This is one of the races where you do see some big bombs. Yeah. Uh, come through be- just because of uh, uh, th- being a super speed. Well, and Anna has a really cool story too, right? Working at a race. Okay, we're gonna have to okay, save Anna. that one. She's got a mic over there. By, by the way, way I sent. <laughs> I sent <laughs> okay, okay. I, I sent Anna a picture also uh, with uh, with our friend uh, with uh, what I mentioned earlier, which we'll have to get at least on the air before uh, the show ends here. Uh, on that, Jerry's giving me the thumbs up. If Jerry gives me the thumbs up. Something technologically speaking, I know we're going to be good uh, <laughs> here over here at the network. All right. Oh, no, no, don't give me that. We don't want that. No, no thumbs down. All right. We're going to take a quick break, though. When we so, get the, Yeah, go ahead. The Knights did. They just closed it out right there for nothing. Yeah. Wow. All right. There's your lowest scoring game of the day. Yep, it in is. The NHL. All right. We'll take our last break when we get back. Uh, more hoops talk as well. A little uh, look ahead to tomorrow. A look ahead tomorrow. Some bigger games and hoops are also hockey. We'll see if Alex has already... Fired on some hockey for tomorrow as well. Sports by the book, South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza, plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Happy to be with you as always. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside Nitty Gritty down at uh, uh, in Daytona now. Uh, Austin Sindrick just took the lead. 
uh, as we uh, get to the end here on uh, 63 laps to go in the great American <laughs> race, which is now on a Monday because of the inclement weather in Florida yesterday. All right, let's look ahead to tomorrow. Alex, the floor is yours. Where do you, uh, wh- what are you looking at hockey wise? Potentially. I, I, I heard, uh, Jerry's favorite city was just mentioned. over there. <laughs> so it's funny when Chris Andrews came in on, uh, punchlines, I think he was even nervous to say Pittsburgh uh, during that show, but I can say it. So I'm looking ahead right now. Penguins hosting the Islanders. There's some okay. sixes out there right now. Um, I made that game about five point six five, so I'm probably going to jump on that under before those move down to five and a half. Um, trying to see if there's any other total values here. Nashville and Vegas is at six right now. Got a. You look under in that at six or? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see what my Nashville number is. The three point zero five. Okay, maybe not so much that one. That's, that's, that's going to be right, by the way. That's going to be yeah. about right at that six. So, yeah, really just that Islanders uh, Penguins jumped out to me right away for hockey. Dallas plays the Rangers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one in Madison Square Garden. Of course, Rangers coming off of the big comeback yesterday at MetLife Stadium against the Islanders. And Stars coming off that loss to the mm-hmm. Bruins. In, oh, that shootout was uh, went on forever, felt like, between those two. So. Back, See exactly, how they bounce back. So a back to back again. You mentioned this with Andy again. A lot of back to backs tomorrow, uh, just because of the bigger than usual Monday slate in the NHL. Yes, one, two, about six teams tomorrow playing on back to backs, and then a few of them with the one day rest had games yesterday. But yeah, it's a good good slate. Looking right at now. tomorrow in college hoops, uh, there are a few games at least on these early openers that intrigue me. Obviously, the big one tomorrow is Connecticut hosting or on the road at Omaha to take on Creighton. Big game in the Big East. Of course, UConn just decimated Marquette on Saturday. I, in retrospect, I wish I had played that with you on UConn. I thought you did. I didn't. No, okay. I stayed out of it. I thought the number was right. And, of course, UConn, that game was never competitive uh, with UConn really just putting the foot down early and uh, beating down what a lot of people think is the second-best team in the Big East. Yes, you know, it's interesting yeah. tomorrow, right now, the early numbers on Marquette, excuse me, Connecticut, UConn at Creighton tomorrow come at three. It's UConn favored in middle America for that one. It is tough to get out in front of that train right now with just how dominant they've been. They've been more dominant than the team last year was in the regular season. Of course, UConn just <laughs> blasting everyone in route to a title a year ago. There's only five games left in the regular season for conference play for them. And it's not even like they really have a look ahead because they, they're just much better than Villanova now. And the game is in, in the state of Connecticut next weekend. I would actually look to lay the three with UConn here in this game. I know it's not the, it's hard place to play. Crane actually has a big guy in Kalkbrenner that can play with Klingon. Uh, I just think you're just in a scenario where you just can't get out in front of this train. And I like UConn right now in those early numbers. Oh, I'm with you. Definitely, Jeff. I mean, I think they should be about a five-point favorite even okay. on the road. So I would definitely look to lay the points here with the UConn again, especially I think um, Marquette is much better than Creighton. And how Creighton's been playing, they've been very um, spotty this entire year. So I don't really trust them much. But, I mean, they're at home. They might have a... a 
their best effort here against UConn, but it is, it's too tough to go against them right now. Other games that stand out tomorrow, at least in the early look at, uh, Villanova's too big of a favorite against Butler too early here. Six and a half. That seems kind of crazy to me. Uh, that would be a take on Butler. And if you, if Villanova beats me, so be it. Uh, I'm just curious if we somehow get a seven in that game. Uh, but that seems way too much early on, at least with Butler getting those points on the road against Villanova tomorrow night. Pretty high, right? For this Villanova team that, eh, they've been okay, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, Total bubble team. Yeah. For Villanova. Butler right now on the right side of the bubble, according to most. I don't know if I buy that either. But, again, that's just too many points with Villanova having a lane. I know they beat up Seton Hall a few weeks ago, but still too much on that. Central Florida, by the way, is a road favorite at West Virginia. We're going to be on West Virginia tomorrow as a home dog in that one. Oh, you didn't expect me to go that way there. No, No, not at all. No, I I, look, I – We've talked about West Virginia. Now it has gone backwards recently with them. Since that upset win against Cincinnati two weeks, uh, the last day of January, pretty well handled by BYU at home in the game in Morgantown. Texas and TCU beat them pretty handily. Texas destroyed them, almost beat them by 40. Baylor, look, Baylor's just really good. (laughs) I mean, uh, and when Baylor gets healthy, Baylor actually, I think, has the talent to win the national championship. I don't think they will, but... They have the talent to. I, I Central Florida right now, that was a pretty brutal loss they took over the weekend against Cincinnati. Pretty dead even game. Just couldn't find a way at home to win that one in Orlando. On the road, I, I do like West Virginia to get it done at home. We'll take them outright. Forget the points. We'll just take Ooh. them outright. West Virginia has been one of your least favorite teams this whole year. I don't year, mind them at home. Year. Okay. At home, I don't mind them. Okay. On the road, I want nothing to do with them. Just, again, we've what common thread of our show yes. this year has been, especially in these big, in these higher, a, a big 12, big 10, especially those, those two conferences, it plays more than any, any big league home road splits have been gigantic for a lot of these. They teams. have. And for West Virginia, they're not winning a road game in conference play this year. It's not going to happen. They're not winning in Ames. I can tell you that right now. They're, I don't think they're going to go to, to uh, the case, even though case state beat them. In Morgantown, I don't see West Virginia going to the octagon and beating them. And then Cincinnati's a revenge spot. So they're, they're losing out in conference play on the road. They've been, at times, competent at home. Again, they have the win against Cincinnati, beat Texas, and of course, they upset Kansas. Uh, this feels like a reasonable spot to go against Central Florida uh, in that one as well. Alex, you want 13 with my alma mater tomorrow against Tennessee? Games in Columbia. Mizzou is winless in conference play. But right now, if you look across the power conferences, uh, just double-checking my work, DePaul, of course, 0-14 in conference play. Everyone in the Big 12 at least has three wins. Big 10, everyone has at least three wins. Uh, the Pac-12, everyone has at least three wins. So Mizzou, uh, one, of, uh, one of two in the major oh. conferences without a conference win, and the other one's DePaul, who's barely a college basketball team. This oh, year. that is not a good, that's not good company, not good company to be. No, no. Even Louisville has three conference wins this year. Oh, man. I mean, they they looked good against Ole Miss, put some things together, covered that number. What do you think? You think 13's enough? No. No. I'm not touching it. You're not touching I, it. I, I, 
Tennessee is one of these teams I can't quite fully figure out still. Agreed. Metrically, they grade out awesome. They're top 20 in both offense and defense. They play a little faster than Barnes's teams have played over the last few years. But it is, again, it's a road game in conference. They just smacked Vanderbilt, who's terrible. They were, again, the road game at Vanderbilt. They struggled for a little bit and then beat them up. They destroyed Arkansas and Fayetteville as well. Um, Mizzou's last win was on December 30th against Central Arkansas. Again, this is a bad Mizzou team. Uh, I don't think they're as bad as the record shows, but they are no. not a good basketball team. But that is a lot of points to, to possibly pass up with a home underdog, though. It is true. It is a lot of points. What about the Spartans? Are you looking to lay the points here with Michigan State against 10, Iowa? 10, we're seeing a lot of 10 okay. on this game, which feels steep. But I will give Michigan State credit. They have played a lot better recently. They're starting to show like they do in the metrics. They're 15th in Ken Bomb. So they're starting to show like the metrics are showing. Winners of three in a row, including that big win against Illinois a few weeks ago. I, I think that's just too steep at 10. Yeah. I, I don't want Iowa, though, away from home. I, I That's probably the classic stay off more so than anything on that one. Uh, Mountain West, San Diego State is a dog in Logan tomorrow against Utah State. You want to lay the, the short home favorite in that one with the, the Aggies who are coming off a loss? I don't know. The San Diego State team is really uh, starting to figure it did out. You, did you end up taking that 150 to 1 on San Diego or 125 to 1 on San Diego State? A little bit. You took a little bit. I took a little bit. I just didn't think, I thought it was a bad number. 125? I think they should be about, about 50 to 1, personally. So don't mind that number yeah. take whatsoever on your end. San Diego State beat New Mexico uh, on Friday. Utah State got drubbed pretty good in yes, uh, Fort did. Collins by Colorado State on Saturday. Uh, Ken Palm has this as a 50-50 game. Okay. Legitimately, home gives uh, San Diego State the uh, slightest of edge, but is legitimately 50.6 against 49.4. So super, super close uh, on that. Just a little over a percentage point uh, separating the two on that one. I I actually like Utah State. You do? I do. Yeah, at, at home, I do like the short home favorite. Uh, and now one, the other two big ones tomorrow, TCU on the road at Texas yep. Tech against uh, the Red Raiders. Red Raiders are five in the early numbers that are out there. I like TCU getting the points in that game. Uh, and then Baylor on the road at BYU tomorrow. BYU's two and a half for three. I think you know the direction I'm going here. I like the dog outright on yes. the road in this one in Provo. Uh, Baylor just way more talented. And the one thing that does alarm me for BYU recently, their offense pretty much on par for what they've been all year since going into conference play. Defensively, they've been bad recently. Uh, oh, 93 points to Oklahoma State in 68 possessions. Wow. Cannot happen under any circumstance. Uh, 88 for Central Florida. And I guess it was a 77 possession game, so not as bad. But again, 93 and 68 possessions just cannot happen. Yeah. And you, you put up 83 and on 60 on a 63 possession game, you're, you're 1.2 points per possession. You're not supposed to lose that game. And that game was lost comfortably by BYU on Saturday to Iba Gallagher. No. Yeah. I would definitely look at um, the dog in that one, especially if we're getting three points. I know you like to jump on the money line. I might get a. Need to step up and be a little braver. Take some of these uh, money line dogs as well. All right, you and Matt Never to back tomorrow. We are back tomorrow. We'll break down all these games. You have you have the 
the day of breakdown of all these games on College Hoop. Matt's in the next two days. I'll see you guys on Thursday. I won't see you till Saturday. Wow. Which is a shame. <laughs> Again, I don't like that. I'm not a big split. fan of it. But Alex and Matt are here the next two days. Uh, three o'clock, as three always. Three o'clock. Tomorrow here on Sports by the Book. Frank Nicotero's at noon, as always. Penguins tomorrow? Any penguins tomorrow on the show? Are, are you going to dress as a penguin, Jerry? He'll think about it. Very good. Uh, We're getting well, very close to um, having a dolphin. I'm a dolphin. A Dalmatian on the show when Frank is... I was going to say, if we had a dolphin on the show, that would be news to me. Yes, uh, Frank lost that bet, right? Yes, he so, did. So what is that? That's the 1st of March, right? The 100th show? I think it is for, for punchlines. March 1st. I think that's what Ryan said. That's also the day that I'm supposedly running a sub eight and a half minute mile, which is not happening <laughs> at this point. Um, so we'll, we'll <laughs> be more uh, paying attention to Frank uh, dressed up as a uh, a Dalmatian from, or that's show 101, I should say. Yeah, show 101. On, uh, on, on March 1st. Uh, is anyone dressing up as Corella DeVille? <laughs> I, 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 you, you didn't lose any bets. There's no reason that you would have to. No, I don't have to. Uh, but. Who knows? Maybe Jerry will do it. Who knows? We never know. Never know on that. On that. All right. We'll leave you with this, and you can go ahead with it. I told you, Brendan, uh, Brendan, Brendan, uh, Brendan Gunn, of course, uh, played college okay. basketball with Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson mentioned him in his Hall of Fame speech as well uh, uh, when he was inducted a few years ago, and uh, there's the similar hairstyle. That is so Brendan, awesome. Uh, before a race uh, on the NASCAR series as well. Yeah. Hey, look, again, you can see, you're going to see Brendan Gunn Every Thursday here, Gone Racing, 10 a.m. right here on this very channel. Denny Hamlin leading with 46 to go in the Daytona 500 as well. For Alex White, for Drew Dog, for Ann, for Jerry, I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow. Sports by the Book, 3 o'clock. 